Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Then the last will be the first 
And I hope you'll be among the last who become the first. I hope you never say you regret the way you lived. I hope you never say that you wanna go back. You don't wanna say. Could you go back to do some more? No, no, no. You don't wanna say. You wanna go back. You don't wanna say. You wanna go back? You don't wanna say. You wanna go back? That your word will be a lamp to our feet and light to our path. Show us the way to go in the name of Jesus. Let our lives never be the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. I don't know if you're experiencing a break in your transmission. I don't know what's going on, but um, the technical team is rectifying it now. Log on. Let's uh, move. Let's continue. This morning, I want to talk about the work of ministry. <laughs> what ministry work is. Whether even ministry is work or play. You see, because there's a thinking, there's a school of thought that pastors rest from Monday to Saturday. Then Sunday morning, they come to church to speak for one hour and then stand at the door and smile as they greet people as they go out. Then you quickly go home to sleep for another six days and then return to um, church on Sunday. So, is the ministry work? What does it involve? What is the work of the ministry? What, what does ministry entail? When the pastor says he's working, what does it consist of? What, 
what is he doing that's what we want to talk about this morning amen, amen. have all the technical things been rectified okay let's go Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 the Bible says in verse 10 that when he ascended on high he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men now he begins to explain the gift that he gave in verse 11 and 12 he said that and he gave some apostles and some prophets that's the gift of the apostle and the gift of the prophet and the gift of the evangelist and the gift of the pastor and the gift of the teacher amen for the verse 12 for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry for the building up or the edifying or the growth of the body of christ now here the bible tells us clearly why the gifts were given it says he gave us the gift for the perfecting of the saints in the king james for the work of the ministry it's almost like for three things number one for the perfecting of the saints number two for the work of ministry number three for the edifying or the building up of the body of christ but if you look at it that way it really doesn't make sense because what is the use of perfecting the saints what would be achieved by perfecting the saints but you see it it, it becomes a little more clearer when you read it in the niv version where it says that he gave the gift on to be for the perfecting of the saints to prepare god's people for works of service you know this makes it more complete and more useful because why why do you give someone a gift for the sake of giving the person a gift you give somebody a gift that is useful to the person i am sure you've all received gifts that you are no use for Mm. (laughs) you just put them in a corner somewhere and it became a useless gift because it was not a gift you could use Mm -hmm. but there are some other gifts that as soon as you receive them immediately you receive it you start using it and those are the gifts that become beneficial to you and you even appreciate them more now you should also understand that god is a purpose-driven god god has not beat around the bush god does not deal lackadaisically with them people god is not aimless god is a very intense intentional god i mean we are talking about a god who feeds five thousand and then he gathers crumbs yeah I mean, if he can feed 5,000, why should he other ground? But God is not a wasteful God. So when God is doing something, he has an intention. He has an aim. He has an objective. There is a reason why he's doing what he's doing. And therefore, as he's giving gifts to men, it must be that there is an intention for the gifts that he's given. After all, the Bible says that he came to seek and save the lost. So if he's giving out gifts, then the reason for the gift must be to seek and to save the lost. He said, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. Therefore, if he's giving out gifts, it means that the giving of the gifts is for the purpose of building his church wow. and seeking and saving the Lord and nothing else. Amen. Amen. So you should understand therefore that the giving of these gifts must be used for the work of ministry. Is the ministry work? Jesus Christ said in John chapter 9 verse 4. He said, I must work the works. I must work work the works. If and if we are followers of Jesus, then we should also be working the works. He said, I must work the works. The Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. So we so we must be exactly like Christ. 
and Christ said, I must. I must means it is a commandment. And therefore, anyone who is not working for God is disobeying God. And that's why there's a judgment for it. He said, I must work the works. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh when no man can work. So that means that the gifts that are given are for the purpose of working the works of God while it is day. In another place, you know, when he met a woman at the well, John chapter 4, his disciples, he sent them to buy food. When they came back with the food, he said, I am not hungry. Look, my eyes are red. I'm focused on something. There are some souls coming. And they said, I want you to eat. Then he said, look, my meat, my food, my sustenance is to do the works of him that sent me and to finish his work. Yeah. If Christians and pastors were as focused on the works of God as Jesus was, we would have accomplished much. But he said, I must work the way. So it is important for us to have in our minds that we must approach ministry with the attitude and the mindset of Christ, which is the attitude and the mindset of work that must be done. Amen. Amen. What are the works? Bishop, in his book, I will share with you lay, lay people in the ministry. This one I'm sharing from lay people in the ministry. Or this one here, transform your pastoral ministry. This is what we will be doing next week. You know, I want to say something about this book as an introduction. With this book in your hand, uh, and you implementing what is in it, you will by all means succeed in ministry as a pastor. This one, transform your pastoral ministry, lay people in the ministry, church planting church growth it is possible church growth it is possible the mega church how to make your church grow how to make full proof of your ministry with these books in your hands (laughs) your work will be clearly spelled out for you as a pastor you know especially with this one here transform your pastoral ministry with this book in your hand for the next one year every morning when you wake up as a pastor you will know what to do your job description Mm. is spelled out here (laughs) yeah your job description every day do this do this do this do this is spelled out here Mm. clear in clear words and we will look at it next week but for this week we are on lay people because there are too many idle people in church. There are too many idle people in our churches. Dear pastor, you know, you may say that you don't have people, you don't know what to do, you don't have workers in your church. You see, you should understand that everything that you need, God has provided for you already. He told Adam, see, I have given you (laughs) the herbs for your food. See, if only you will open your eyes and see, you will see that everything you need, God has given to you. When Moses was going to meet Pharaoh, he told God that, how shall I be able to prove that you've sent me? And God only asked him, what do you have in your hands? God didn't bring anything new from anywhere. He asked Moses, what do you have in your hands? And Moses said, my rod, he said, cast it down. It turned into a stick. He said, pick it up. 
everything that you need god has already given it to you if only you will see he told adam see i have given you hallelujah the bible has also assured that god said that i will bless the work of your hands all the leaders you need all the pastors you need all the helpers you need are already in your church if only you will open your eyes and see and stop discounting people stop ruling people out stop thinking that somebody cannot do it you will be able to do everything that you need to do god has already provided since god created the world he has not come to add anything extra to it all the oxygen we need is already in the world all the water we need is already in the world all the oil we need is already in the world we just have to discover it by seeing that it is there amen in every church i have pastored i've never tried to look outside to get helpers and people i need i look within the church always within the church to see what god has given me and what i can make out of it god did not create chairs god did not create a pulpit never god has never created a pulpit before god has never created a microphone before now god has never created a mobile phone before never but god has created trees and out of the tree you get the wood to make the pulpit if if you can see that from the tree i can get my pulpit in the same way within your church are all the helpers you need are all the pastors you need are all the shepherds you need to help you to succeed in ministry and to accomplish everything that god wants you to accomplish if only you can see that you need to be creative and manufacture pastors manufacture leaders manufacture helpers from the raw material that god has already put in your church amen four main aspects of a pastor's work dear pastor this is what you have to train your leaders to do look you know the bible says that we should not deviate from the simplicity of the gospel jesus is different from the gospel jesus is jesus and the gospel is the gospel the gospel has to do with the work of preaching gospel means good news amen so the good news is what is preached now the preaching of the gospel is the work of ministry is the sum totality of everything that we have to do for the gospel to be accomplished by the salvation of souls what does it entail bishop daguard mills in his books has outlined four categories or four main broad points of it with the acronym pvci pvci p stands for prayer v stands for visitation c stands for counseling and i stands for interaction p v c i p v c i is the code you can use to know your work as a pastor it is also the code you can use to know how to train your leaders to do their work of ministry p prayer that's the first most important job of a pastor v visitation that's the second most important work of a pastor c counseling or preaching that's the third 
most important work of a pastor and interaction i is the fourth most important work of a pastor simple anybody can pray anybody can visit anybody can counsel or talk to someone or preach and anybody can interact with someone amen Number one, prayer. Hallelujah. I see all of you commenting from all over the world. Wow. From Papua New Guinea, India. Ghana has now joined. Junior Edu. Wow. Hmm. Prayer is the cardinal force of the church. And Bishop says in the Buddha, there is a correlation between the amount of prayer put in by the eldership of the church and the growth of the church unless you are not experienced you will know this to be 100 percent true you know there was a point where i where by saturday morning by saturday morning i could predict in a general sense the church attendance for sunday by my prayer life during the week listen as a pastor stop blaming your shepherds and your cell leaders for the church not growing (laughs) stop it stop it stop it stop deflecting and stop trying to reassign the reasons (laughs) it is you everything rises and falls on leadership everything rises and falls on the leader she said didn't blame peter james he said i have to lay down my life he didn't say peter go and die <laughs> peter cannot die for the world peter cannot die for the world and in fact he will never die for the world imagine if peter was to have died for the world even when somebody was supposed to die he said no he wouldn't have died everything it is the leader who is the doer of it it is look the side of the church is a direct correlation to the leaders the pastor's prayer life oh yes and his ability to pray himself and then to marshal the church in prayer if the church is not growing it is the pastor's fault amen. amen because look if you look at the ministry of jesus the first thing he did was to pray physically when he was started his ministry 40 days and nights when you fast and pray and if we go by mark chapter 1 verse 35 the bible said that and rising up a great while before day he departed into a solitary place and there he prayed so it gives us an idea that at the start of his ministry he prayed and also at the start of his daily day he also prayed Hallelujah. ministry was the fair or prayer was the first thing that jesus seemed to do in his ministry remember also before he went to the cross he prayed first he didn't just say it is it is time to die let me go then let me pray before i can accomplish what god has told me to accomplish so if you're a pastor you must give yourself to prayer i mean i find it most ridiculous you know and if you're a pastor and you're not prayerful admit to yourself that you are not prayerful but never pretend that you are prayerful when you are not it will only deceive you and your church will also not work amen and for see, and for anything to work it must occupy and take up a substantial amount of time you see i remember when i was um sent to india by bishop to take over the church i became a full-time pastor then i tell you 
for the two years or so I was there, almost every day I would wake up at three o'clock, around three between two thirty and three thirty, around three in the morning, and pray till around eleven o'clock or twelve every day, almost every day, almost every day. If some of the mornings I wanted to go and play golf, then by eight thirty or nine. I would stop prayer and then go and play golf. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, I would continue to 11, sometimes 12, sometimes 1, sometimes 2. Praying! Praying! I had a student there I used to um, pray with sometimes. When I wake up and I check, I will wake him up and we'll pray. We'll pray. Then around 6, 30, 7, 8, you say he's going to school and i'll continue praying wow. you see you cannot succeed in ministry without prayer you cannot you cannot you, cannot. you see it's not about people seeing you praying mm. it's between you and god see, prayer creates a personal relationship with god That's right. so that when you come out to speak for him mm. like gabriel when he was saying to mary and mary asked um, her how can I, as a virgin, bring forth his credential, his authority, his reason for this amazing test or amazing and founded and imaginable miracle was that I stand in the presence of God. That's all. Once you stand in the presence of God, it qualifies you to speak on behalf of God. I remember a few weeks ago when in Ghana they were trying to um, bring their lockdown everybody try to contact any friend they have who stands in the presence of the president mm. yes people were calling their friends who work in the government you know because the closer you are to the leader mm. the more authoritative your words will be yeah and so the closer you are to god mm. the more authoritative your words will be that is the reason why two people can preach the same sermon one is close to god one is not close to god one is prayerful one is not prayerful. One's preaching will have an effect. One's preaching will just be advertisements and showmanship and use of big language and nomenclature and joining words and using a thesaurus to find big words to use. Another person will use very simple words. Power will be exuded because one speaks with authority. What did they say of Christ? They said, Who is this man? And with what authority? <laughs> yes. Seven sons of Skiva. They saw Paul casting out demons in the name of Jesus. So they said, wow. wow. Hey, this is power. Let's also go to town and show people that we have power. After all, it's in the name of Jesus that is used. So they also went and said, in the name of Jesus. You see, they didn't know Jesus for themselves. They knew Paul, but they didn't know Jesus. So they said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul saves? Ha! The demons replied them excellently. They said, look, Jesus, we know him. Paul, we also know him. But you, who are you to come in? The demons arrested them for impersonation and beat them properly for false advertisement and impersonating a public officer. Beat them and send them to and strip them naked. Look, if you are not prayerful and you cannot pray, don't enter ministry. Don't enter ministry. 
you would be better off as a banker or an accountant or a seamstress. <laughs> yes, a seamstress. Don't try to enter ministry if you don't know God. Ministry is referred to as a battle. Paul said, I have fought with men after the manner of beasts. Satan will throw things at you. Who do you think you are? If Satan attacked Jesus, who do you think you are? When he attacked Christ, the Bible said that God sent angels to succor him because God has sent him and God knew him. If you haven't prayed and God doesn't know you, there will be no backing. There will be no support. The devil will get finished you on day one. What, what can you survive? What can you overcome? What can you contend with and overcome? Can you contend with demons and overcome? Because demons will come against you. And the Bible says, Ye beloved, building up yourself, strengthening yourself in your holy faith. How do you do that? By praying in the Holy Ghost. The more you pray, the stronger you become. The more you pray, the stronger you become. And in ministry, you require strength. The Bible says the battle is won by the strong. <laughs> if you cannot pray, forget about it. You know, I remember some years ago, I was handing over the church to some people. What I alone did, I was handing it over to a, to a group of people. And I suspected, <laughs> I suspected that they were not spiritually strong enough. So I was worried. So as I was handing over my individual work to them, I told them, as a group, they were about six, I told them that what you are about to inherit is very big. You see, it was spiritually very big. But I think they didn't understand me. So I told them, better strengthen yourself. I had almost a two-day meeting, not two-hour, two-day meeting. What I warned them, strengthen yourself because what is going to happen to you after I leave? If you are not strong, it will destroy you. I think they saw it from a physical point of view and didn't understand what I was saying. So after I left, they all got destroyed. All. I don't know if they recovered up to today. <laughs> yeah. Because you see, when are you to tell them that, look, I pray from 3 o'clock in the morning. The sun will rise. I'll still be praying. The sun, it will be noon. I'll still be praying. Before I'll leave baby at 12 or 1. They thought it was a joke. You should understand that what the Bible says that as living stones put together, you are built into a spiritual house. It is almost a quantifiable entity in the spirit. And so you must deal with ministry spiritually. And the way to deal with ministry spiritually is to engage in prayer. Look, Daniel, what did he say? The angel Gabriel told him, from the first day you prayed, your prayer was answered. The first day. And God sent me to bring you the answer to your prayer. But the prince of Persia withstood me 21 days. So angel Michael was sent to see you. He was telling Daniel that it is your prayers that sustained me. Until Michael was sent because you didn't stop praying until the answer has now come after the three. And then he told Daniel, but I'm going back. He was trying to tell Daniel that don't stop praying. 
<laughs> because I'm going back and I need your prayers to still support me. Go back. Listen, Pastor, understand that there are things happening in the spirit. And if you are not able to maneuver and work things out, rearrange things in the spirit, you will be bound in your church. <laughs> One prophet went to visit a friend of his and his friendship was not growing. So this prophet sees a lot. So, I mean, I've never heard a man say that. Listen to this. A man say that he sees more when he's asleep than when he's awake. <laughs> yeah. There are human beings like that. But you see, he's also very prayerful. He said, when he's awake, he sees the wall of his bedroom. But when he sleeps, he sees through the wall of his bedroom to the gates of the house and outside his wow. house. Yes. These, these are men of the spirit. These are men of the spirit. And of course, these are prayerful men. You should understand that the spirit world is more real than the physical world. You should understand it. The, the Bible says that for we know that the things which we do see were not made from things that do appear. It's out of the invisible world. I mean, where, where the trees come from? Where the trees The Bible says that God said, let there be trees and they just appear. So the things that we see were not made from things that do appear. The physical is a result of the invisible. So today, the Bible says that for we know that the worlds are sustained by the words of his power. By his prayers, the world is still sustained. When God says it is over, then it is over. Wow. And that's why you should not be afraid of death. I mean, you are in a car, it swells a bit. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus has more important things to do. Please. <laughs> Prayer. Wow. Number two. So pray. And teach people to pray. Like I'm saying, next week, we will go deeper in this book, through this book. Acts chapter 6 verse 2. Peter was faced with a dilemma because there was a problem in the church. Some people wanted him to stop praying and come and save food. today that temptation is still there there. for pastors to leave prayer Mm -hmm. and come and do things in the church Mm. arrange chairs (laughs) clean come come cover (laughs) cover (laughs) chairs with their cloth how can a pastor cover chairs with their cloth those who are supposed to cover their chairs with their cloth do they pray peter said you see after walking with christ he saw that Christ never went to serve anybody with food. Even when it was time to serve food, Christ called them and said, you, Christ is the one who prayed though. Then he gave the food to those who didn't pray to share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Peter who prayed over the two fish and five loaves. Christ prayed. It is the job of the heads to pray. <laughs> and the, the, everybody should do their part. Mm-hmm. Peter said, it doesn't make sense. You see, the Bible says it nice. You see, the Bible was written by British, who are gentlemen, at least in those days. So they use nice words like it is no reason. But what they actually mean is it doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense. that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. But we, the apostles, we the pastors, we will give ourselves continually 
to prayer, continual prayer, and to the ministry of the word. If you are going to succeed in ministry, give yourself to prayer. Be like Peter. Be like Jesus. Peter saw how Jesus didn't stop praying to go and serve food. So when he also caught the anointing and that temptation came, he said, no, I'm following my master. I'm going to pray. I won't serve food. <laughs> Somebody else will serve the food. Number two. Wow. I see people from Uganda, Turkey, Istanbul, wow happy birthday kennedy wow be blessed i see people from angola and from india may the blessing be with you ghana we are still waiting for you to appear <laughs> the second job of a pastor very important is visitation jeremiah chapter 23 verse 2 if you are from Ghana, just say Ghana and then I'll acknowledge you. But Ghana, we are not seeing your performance. I'm seeing people from all over there. Oh, I can see Ghana now. But I can see Papua New Guinea, Dominican Republic. I can see Angola. Angola, you are blessed. Jeremiah 23, 2. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors against the pastors he said you have scattered my flock and you have not visited them you have scattered my flock because you didn't visit them can you believe that god is angry with pastors who don't visit and god is angry with pastors who don't organize visitation look let me share a secret with you dear pastor one of the easiest ways to get committed members is to visit them. Wow. Look, if Jesus said, read your Bible, the Israelites didn't really serve God though, because God had not visited them before. He would visit the prophets. He would visit Abraham. But he had not visited the nation. So you would see that the prophets served him, but the nation didn't serve him. So the prophets were sort of like very zealous for God because you, you, I mean, read it. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. And the word of the Lord came to Habakkuk. The word of the Lord came to Joel. The word of the Lord, he, God was visiting the prophets, but not the nation. So the prophets served him and were committed to him, but the nation that he had not visited didn't serve him. <laughs> Until he sent Jesus to come and visit the nation. Here we are. We are ready to die for him. Why? He came to visit us. He came to visit us. God came on visitation. Think of how far heaven is. If God could come on visitation, you, pastor, why can't you go on visitation a few kilometers from your house? <laughs> Let me share something with you. I was shocked. A few weeks ago, I was with a great man of God in another country in Africa whose name begins with one of the letters, the first six letters of the alphabet. So as I was teaching these things, when I finished, he said, you know something? I am challenged. Wow. I said, why are you challenged? He said, my father in ministry who trained me, he told me, never visit your members. Mm. I said, what? He said, 
My father in ministry told me, never visit your members. I asked him, is he a pastor? He was one of the fathers in this country. He never visited anybody. He never visited. He said, never. He said, my father told me, never visit your members. Even with an explanation, his father told him, if you visit your members, they will not respect you. I said, what? <laughs> I, I couldn't control myself. He said, as a pastor, you should never visit your members. is why the churches in that country are all small visitation brings commitment because you see a visit is a show of love you visit people you love when a man and a woman are in love they visit each other yeah for no reason he just goes to visit her at home because he just wants to be in her presence and that's what the bible says that god also loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to visit the world. Visitation is a sign of love. And whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Since Jesus visited the world, the world has changed permanently since his visit. But before he visited, the world didn't serve him. I mean, the Israelites would serve him because the prophets would threaten them with their cares or they are in captivity. But they never said God because they loved him. Until he visited. As soon as Jesus visited the world, the world changed. Everything about the world changed. In the same way, dear pastor, your church will change when you start visiting. And like I'm saying, you cannot visit everybody. So you should train people who will visit other people as a culture in your church. As a culture. Visitation must be a culture in your church. There must be a culture of visitation. Otherwise, you are out of the will of God. Otherwise, you are not following God. Otherwise, you are doing something different than visiting the people. And remember that Satan is a top visitor. Satan, he went to, he said, Job, as he went on visitation, he saw that, hey, God has sent some serious bodyguards around Job. But Satan goes on visitation. When God asked him, where are you from? He said, oh, I've been going to and fro across the earth and up and down in it. I've been going around on visitation. He went on visitation to the man who was filled with demons and saw the house was empty. So he went in. Satan is a top visitor. Pastor, if you don't visit, Satan is already on visitation. The Bible says the kingdom of God is like a man who sowed seeds in his field and went his way. He didn't visit. He just preached and went. The seed is the word of God. He just preached and went. Then the Bible says, while men slept, wow. the enemy also came. Mm. <laughs> you are going, the enemy too is going. Mm. So don't sleep. Rise up out of laziness and slumber and like a discipline and go work. Visitation is work. Look, on visits you'll be tired. You go from one house to the next house to the next house. Why do you think Jesus was tired all the time? That he could sleep in the boat in the middle of a storm. He, he, he was exhausted. Amen. Amen. Dear pastor, rise up and start visitation. It will change everything about your church in the name of Jesus. Amen. God visited and is still visiting. Can't you see that anybody that God visits, the person's life changes. Whenever we are having a 
program and the presence of God comes. Can't you see it brings such a difference and such a change to the whole atmosphere because once God visits you, it's almost like a sign of his love for you and his approval and his support for whatever you are doing and your life changes. I enjoy it when I'm ministering and the presence of God comes. I feel the love of God. Ah, God is showing me that he's with me. You see, when you visit someone, you send a message that you are with the person, that you like the person, you want to be where the person is. No, and once it what that the Bible says, see that we love him because he first loved us. Show your members that you love them. Amen. Amen. Number three. Wow. I see others from Turkey have joined in. And um, Malta. Malta. Wow. Mm. Number three. Counseling. Counseling, Counseling or teaching. teaching <laughs> look some pastors feel that when you have miracles and you look powerful your church will really grow and become mighty no the church with the large the church that represents christianity the catholic church they don't have many miracles but the catholic church is the guardian of christianity in the world when the world is looking for Christianity, they look to the Pope. Every year, it is the Pope who decides when we will celebrate Easter. Not your pastor. Not you watching me. If you like, you can declare your own good Friday. See whether your members will observe. Like your own members, they will observe it. It is the Pope. He is the custodian of Christianity in the world. And they don't have many miracles, but they have teachings. Even their teachings are in Latin. Nobody understands it, but the teachings are there. The church is growing. You know, I remember I went to a certain country in Africa and the alphabet started one of the last you know, if I mention it, you see the country. The last five. <laughs> I don't say another one, no, but the last five. When I went the pastors were very angry because there were some prophets who had arisen in um, their country and had emptied all their churches all a l l all they were very angry so when i said i was coming from daggywood nose ministries in ghana they were very happy they said look bishop dag is the person we need here because he has the original biblical miracles. These prophets are false prophets. So we need Bishop Dad to come to show people the true miracles from the Bible and to expose these people as false prophets. But you know, at this book, I just saw that no, they are speaking out of bitterness. <laughs> because these two prophets had emptied every church in the city. Charismatic churches, empty. I saw a church, big church, made of glass. Their attendance used to be around 1,200 for two services, four on a Sunday morning. But by the time the prophets were done with them, attendance was around 600 in total for just one service. Like they couldn't have two services again. It was just one service with just about 600 die hard 
supporters. I'm telling you. You see, but I noticed that there was one church in the city. Lighthouse Chapel. They had not lost even one member to their prophets. You see, and the reason is because in the Lighthouse Church, they feed them with the word of God. Not miracles. Because you see, if you do miracles, somebody with bigger miracles come. It means that that's the person your members should follow. But Jesus said, signs and wonders are for the unbelievers. Jesus said it clearly. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. He said, miracles, signs, wonders are for the unbelieving. How many miracles did he do? Most of Christ's works on earth was to teach. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach. Miracles are meant to prove that the teaching is true. Miracles are meant to authenticate the preaching, not the other way around. Christ said, feed my sheep. He didn't say, slay my sheep. <laughs> he said, feed them. How do you feed them? As newborn babes, First Peter 2, 2, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. People grow up on the word of God. Nobody grows up on miracles. People grow up on the word of God, not miracles. Amen. So, dear pastor, start to develop your counseling and teaching ministry. Preach well. Teach well. Feed your people. Jeremiah 3.15, he told them, I will give you pastors after my own heart. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. He didn't say they will slay you in the spirit. He said they will feed you. They will give you the word of God. What did Christ say? He said, who is that good and wise servant whose Lord will make him master of his own household? It is, it is he who will give the household food in their season. He said, who is that wise man? He is the one who brings forth treasure out of his heart, both good and old. It is the feeding that brings growth. What, what did Christ say? Did he tell us to go and do miracles? He said, no. Teach them to observe and to obey all things I have taught you. Christ sent us to teach. First. Teaching always comes first. Teaching always comes first. You see, but we are all attracted to the spectacular because it makes us feel anointed and powerful and people see us as men of God. Men of God. <laughs> but the real ministry is the teaching ministry. Teaching comes first. What did Christ say? He said, I am what? The word of God. He didn't say, I'm the miracle of God. He said, I am the word of God. The Bible says, Christ is made on to us both the power of God and then the wisdom of God. Amen. Amen. Teach them. Churches grow based on feeding on the word of God, not miracles. Miracles are important. I believe in miracles. But teaching comes first. Amen. And you must see, how do you develop your teaching ministry? You see, the, the Bible says that when Peter went by the temple at the gate beautiful, he told them, the man said, give me money. Peter told them, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto you. Pastor, you cannot give what you don't have. You cannot teach what you don't know. That is why, you know, in the university and in higher educational institutions, in order for you to qualify to teach, you must be at the next level of what you want to teach. For example, if you want to teach at the first degree in the university, you have to hold a master's degree. If you want to teach at the master's degree, you have to hold a PhD. 
before or a doctorate in that field before you can teach you you cannot give what you don't have and they've even learned in the world that you must know more than you are supposed to teach before you qualify to teach what does the bible say it says my cup runs over what is running over should be the excess not what is needed even for you that is is, is the reason why in the parable of the virgins those who didn't have extra oil were left out (laughs) yes what what you teach should be the excess it is the excess that is sort of overflow to others but not that you yourself are spiritually nematriated spiritually you are hungry spiritually you say you are going to feed someone ah you die for malnutrition yourself (laughs) spiritual malnutrition that is what the bible says take heed to yourself first then to the flock if you cannot take it to yourself you have no business feeding the flock you have no business you have no business feeding the flock you will die from malnutrition it's like a pregnant woman who is anemic trying to uh whatever be pregnant the baby will be malnourished and will be malformed or will not be formed properly you see and what it says is you should understand that at different stages of pregnancy different organs are growing at the time i'll show you do you know that you know the bible says in luke chapter 1 from around verse 57 mary said to elizabeth she said when the voice of thy greeting sounded in my ear the baby in my womb lived for joy do you know that scientifically it's been proven that at six months that's when the ears and the auditory nerves begin to develop in the fetus six months scientifically yeah this is so you understand that if at six months your blood level your hb your hemoglobin is low your child may be born deaf because at that stage you were malnourished as the mother yeah so you see you understand that you the pastor feed yourself properly properly then you'll be able to out of your overflow teach others but that's where you yourself are malnourished jaundiced you are nigh unto death he said you are going to feed someone it won't work at all <laughs> amen look and there are so many things this is the word of god those who accuse you those who forget those who are proud the art of ministry the art of hearing sweet influences of the anointing amplify your ministry how you can become a strong christian top 10 mistake that pastors make so many things how to pray the blood of jesus the tree of your ministry the art of shepherding how to make full proof of your ministry this is the word of god you need to feed on then there are other products as well you can get to help yourself this this one here is um something we've created over many months we, we actually had to even buy a special computer to do it it's an audio preaching book what is an audio preaching book let's let's say take a book like transform your pastoral ministry what we've done is we've taken messages of bishop preaching or maybe let me use an easy one like let's say take um loyalty and disloyalty the audio preaching book i think that's this 
this one the audio preaching book of loyalty and disloyalty what we've done is see this is not somebody reading the book no that is easy but with this one we've searched and found a compilation of bishop teaching on the book himself so chapter one of loyalty and disloyalty is why loyalty so track number one of the audio preaching book of loyalty and disloyalty is bishop teaching on why loyalty there are about 90 messages of that and we selected the best one and then put it as track number one track number two is stages of disloyalty which corresponds to the second chapter of the book loyalty and disloyalty which is stages of disloyalty so we also have track number two is bishop teaching on stages of disloyalty number three signs of disloyalty track number three is signs of disloyalty chapter three in the book as well is signs of disloyalty number four is signs of a disloyal assistant number five signs of loyalty how to be a loyal assistant so it follows so when you get the audio preaching book of loyalty and disloyalty it helps you to understand the book from the author's perspective because <laughs> what did the ethiopian judok say he said philip asked him do you understand what you are reading you may be reading but do you understand it and the ethiopian eunuch was honest he said how can i understand except someone explain it to me this time it is not someone explaining it to you it is the author himself it's like jesus preaching about jesus this time it is bishop dagwood mills preaching about the book that he has written oh and there's nothing like it It, you cannot compare me preaching about his book it is like you saying that when i preach from bishop's book you cannot compare it to when he has preached from his book remember that the bible says that if the if everything jesus did were written in the bible there there would be no volume in the world that could contain it what bishop has written in his books is just part of what he wants to say otherwise every book would be as big as this but when you listen to the preaching of the book and i tell you it took us a man to categorize book by book by book by book by book just so you can be blessed by it there's the same one for for the art of following chapter by chapter number one is bishop preaching from chapter one track number two is bishop preaching from chapter two track number three look as you feed you grow as you feed you grow and you'll be so blessed wow 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 oh i see people from chad god bless you people from thailand malta wow hallelujah now i wanted to give an offering look every given every given every given every sowing of seed every take out your look somebody told me yesterday that i don't give offerings because i feel too lazy to pick my food look no laziness every diligence amen, amen. the number is on your screen this program is such a blessing i want you to encourage it by giving samuel i see you on the line i want you to give an offering rita i also see you take out your phone rita take out your phone rita give an offering everybody every given everywhere in the world you can also pay directly into our account by paypal janiel sings 
give your offering today by paypal in the name of jesus stephen i also see you give every, every giving take out i'm giving you one minute to plant a seed and then we will be closing it's almost time to close i think we've had a wonderful session today samuel i see you every given Rita, i see you every given reverend samuel to god bless you so much for being a part of this program i honor you i'm honored that you've come you part of it amen every given everywhere look you can pay by paypal into the macarius office at gmail.com howard as you are saying wow priscilla akosia look i expect you to be given by mobile money priscilla akosia send your offering now no laziness today in the name of jesus hallelujah nuridin wow where are you watching from you said you are watching live from somewhere didn't say where you are watching from but reading god bless you may god use you mightily to win a lot of souls for him hallelujah i'm waiting for you to plant your seed before we continue i'm waiting for you look every given everywhere you can pay by paypal you can pay by mtn new redeem from togo god bless you are you from lome or avekozo new redeem lome or avekozo where are you watching from god bless you priscilla akosia i'm still waiting for you priscilla akosia i am waiting for you every given every bless everybody given is going to be blessed today we just have five more minutes to close hallelujah 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 lome nuridin god bless you how is lome today wow you are blessed how are all the pastors the ministers my greetings to bishop paul Nya and all the other wonderful pastor ben benisan prophets all of them they are blessed finally the last work of ministry for a pastor is interaction interaction look as a pastor your first job is to be a friend of your sheep jesus said i call you no longer servants but friends hallelujah you should understand that nobody in your church wants to be a figure like when you are taking the attendance then you add him to it everybody wants to be recognized human beings have a psychological need to be known and recognized and appreciated so you might do what bishop dad teaches in his church deep sea fashion what is deep sea fashion the deep sea is the large group of people who come to church every sunday like how the sea is big and within the sea are fishes you can catch and so your job as a pastor and you should train your leaders that on sundays they should go into the deep sea or into the congregation and talk to strangers you must have a rule in your church that that for 30 minutes listen to me for 30 minutes after the session ends nobody should talk to his friend i'll say it again 30 minutes from when the session from when the service ends for 30 minutes no leader should talk to his friend i'll say it again if the service ends at 12 o'clock from 12 to 12 30 nobody should talk to his friend everybody should talk to someone you don't know every leader should talk to a stranger what do you do ask them their name 
have you been coming to church for a while i've never seen you in church i would like to be your friend listen everybody makes new friends you should make it your duty that every sunday you will make new friends 30 minutes after that service and everybody try and talk to new people find out where they work find out where they live find out how long they've been coming to church whether they've joined a small group in church what they do are they married are they really everybody likes to feel important and wanted nobody should talk to his friend everybody and what will happen is people who were just floating in the church will now join your canoe because your fishing hook that you put in the deep sea drew them into the canoe which is to be a permanent part of your church and listen in this time of the pandemic this is a time take the registration list of your church start calling the people you'll be surprised the number of people who have passed through your sea without you making any efforts to catch them but i believe that we are entering into a new season season. i've told you two things to do number one take the register of your church the first timers list people who have just joined and filled the form and you and your leaders call each and every one of them we are in quarantine everybody's at home everybody is is ready to receive a phone call no nobody's phone is ring, ringing now everybody will appreciate a phone call that's right i'm telling you yeah. i have even been calling pastors and reverend ministers everybody is happy to hear from somebody mm. because you see now we are not meeting physically in church so everybody appreciates mm-hmm. some kind of contact that's right. amen. amen and if you can also make some video calls to those you know but you are not close to because if you can't visit them physically then your video call by whatsapp telegram google video zoom it's like your visitation because on visitation you see the person on the video call you also see the person so your visitation is now your video call that puts you into visual contact with the person and you find your relationship with them growing deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper deeper. hallelujah i believe we've had a blessed time today in the name of jesus and i believe that tomorrow is even going to be better i'm going to teach on a very very important topic tomorrow as well so as we close i wanted to implement these things and make them a part of your church culture prayer visitation counseling interaction pvci prayer visitation counseling interaction it's going to be a blessing you can text the number on your screen ask for the audio preaching books there are also the video preaching book the video preaching books are the audio sorry are the video component of the audio preaching books in the video preaching book when you also get it number one is a preaching video of bishop teaching on why loyalty number two is another video message or visual preaching on stages of this loyalty is it's awesome you've never imagined anything like that before it is like the book being preached by the author oh it will bring an anointing and a transformation into your life hallelujah so see you tomorrow again remember to invite someone to watch this wonderful program i want to thank everybody watching from 
around the world from Togo, from um, Chad, from India, from Thailand, Papua New Guinea, from Brazil, from America, from the UK, from Ghana. Ghana, I see a lot of you now watching from Ghana. Gloria Osborne, I don't know where you are watching from, but God bless you. I think you are a first time um, viewer from um, Bangladesh, all the way from Bangladesh. Also, people that are watching from Angola. Everyone, God bless you from Thailand. Thank you for watching. If I didn't mention your country, you know, when you comment, just mention the country you are watching from. God bless you from Cameroon as well. I see many people from Cameroon watching from Zambia also. May the blessing of the Lord be with that. And I pray that as you implement PVCI, your church and your ministry will change forever. Remember, prayer is the cardinal sustaining force of every ministry. Visitation brings establishment to your members. Counseling and preaching and teaching causes church growth and growth of the spirituality of your members and interaction will bring commitment in the light of the individual members to you all your pastors your shepherds your helpers everything that god has given you you will get through interaction and may the grace of god keep us all and may the anointing of the holy spirit rest upon everybody watching may it cause our churches to grow and multiply may we not be few may we increase oh god increase us with men like a flock you said of this will i be inquired of of the house of israel to do it for them i will increase them with men like a flock Mm. i pray this morning lord increase us with men like a flock in the mighty name of jesus i pray with thanksgiving amen thank you all for watching i'm so blessed i'm so grateful that you watch see you tomorrow same time god bless you bye-bye